This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. Global X specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. Last November, the Wall Street Journal broke news of an effort from Google to collect millions of health records. Google is working with Ascension, the second largest healthcare system in America. Ascension agreed to give Google access to the names, dates of birth, and medical histories of 50 million patients without informing them or their doctors. When reporter Rob Copeland broke this story, some people were upset by the idea that a big tech company might be getting deeply personal information about their physical health, like the medications they take or the surgeries they've had. My email inbox filled up with patients and doctors uh, all across the country asking me how they could opt out of this system. A number of senators, bipartisan senators, sent Google questions. Big tech has not shown themselves as being folks you'd want to give more information to. Should it be done without consent? And should it be done where we're frankly empowering one of the already dominant platforms without any competition? It really started this national conversation about big tech and our health. And while this national conversation was going on, Rob and his colleagues were looking into what other ways Google was going after health information. So the big question for us was, what else is there? It turned out the Ascension deal was just the start. Today on the show, what we know about Google's rapid entrance into health and what it's doing with all those patient records. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, January 10th. Over the past few years, Google has struck partnerships with some of the country's largest hospital systems and most renowned healthcare providers. But little has been known about the vast reach of these deals. So Rob wanted to speak with a person at Google who oversees these efforts, the head of Google's health division, Dr. David Feinberg. After the story was published and after there was a lot of political attention, I've been really pestering Google saying, hey, we would love to interview Dr. Feinberg and to ask him these questions that readers have been asking us. And right before Christmas, Google said yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your meeting with Dr. Feinberg and what he's like? Okay, so he's not a household name necessarily in the business world, but he's actually very well known in health. He is a trained child psychiatrist, and he was CEO of Geisinger, which is this large Pennsylvania hospital chain. I met him outside at his, uh, in this office complex. Dr. Feinberg is incredibly fit. He's wearing a fleece, which is sort of the Silicon Valley uniform, but he's very quick to say that it is a $5 fleece from Walmart, not, you know, one of those $200 Patagonias. We start talking about his sort of daily routine. He wakes up every day at 4 a.m. He works out for two hours, 
combination of weights and cardio and yoga. And he's a huge astrology fan. We start talking about what my sign is. He guesses that I'm a Sagittarius. He is not correct. What is your sign, Rob? I'm a Cancer. Come on, I'm such a Cancer of the Crab. Dr. Feinberg, who's in Aries, by the way, oversees an entire division of Google called Google Health. It's an arm of the company with about 1,000 employees that includes things like fitness wearables and also programs like the Ascension Partnership. All of these programs share a common goal. Dr. Feinberg says, Google was founded to organize the world's information and that all it wants to do is organize health information better. All of its efforts, Dr. Feinberg says, are to help you lead a happier and healthier life. In order to get to that great end goal, Google and Google Health need data. They need a ton of it. They need it from all angles. They need it for children. They need it for elderly. They need it from every race. And to get that data, Google Health and Dr. Feinberg will be very open in saying this, is going to have partnerships with any number of people who have that information on you. The goal right now is to get as much information as they can. The biggest, most giant healthcare data set imaginable. Exactly. And with this data, Google could do all kinds of things. One big thing that the company is working on and that hadn't been reported until Rob started looking into it is building new software to compile medical records. This would basically take records from across doctor's offices, attach them all under the patient's name, and organize them. Google gave this project the codename Guardian. What Guardian is, is it's a search tool. It actually looks a lot like the Google search tool on google.com. It just looks like a box where you type in your information. But Guardian is just for your health information. It doesn't actually take you to the internet. It just takes you to your own electronic health record. Google's idea is that there should be one unified software for people's health records. Type a name into a search bar and with a click, Find out information like a patient's vital tests or surgical history. But Google Health isn't only working to categorize and organize records. It's working on another set of projects that identifies patterns in health records. Dr. Feinberg is in charge not just of the search tool, but also these teams of researchers who are doing research on patient records to potentially come up with better ways to cure disease. This is a big goal of a lot of researchers, to build software that can help detect disease. So just this month, actually, Google published a research paper in a prestigious publication and said that its software can, in some instances, better read a mammogram, better find breast cancer, than a live human. But to make its databases and analytics work, Google needs a ton of scans to test it on. And those scans, that data ultimately comes from patients. This is where Google Health's partnerships come in, like the one with Ascension. After Rob reported on Ascension, he uncovered another Google partnership with a large hospital chain, one that also wasn't publicized. That chain is Intermountain Healthcare. Intermountain agreed to use Google's cloud services. And in turn, it granted Google permission to access identifiable patient data. It's a Utah nonprofit. It's a similar deal to Ascension in that Google could access personal patient data to build a search tool. Now, neither Google nor Intermountain told patients about it. So there are more arrangements than people know about, and that's even after there was this big hullabaloo over the Ascension deal. 
Can you tell us what the general criticism is of these kinds of health partnerships? It's all about privacy. It's all about how much that big tech knows about me. They don't just know where you are and what you're buying online, but they know when you're sick. They know who your kids are. They know what medication your husband is taking. So there's any number of reasonable people who might fear a system which allows not just their doctors and their nurses access to their personal information, but also people at Google. But there's a federal law, HIPAA, Does that not protect patients' information from this kind of hoovering? So HIPAA is well known now as a patient privacy law. But when it was passed almost 25 years ago, it was really about encouraging hospitals and doctors to use electronic health records. HIPAA has a number of clauses which actually make it easier for big health systems to share your information with big tech because HIPAA wants this move towards electronic health records. Your hospital is allowed to have these partnerships with Google and other tech companies. When the journal reached out for comment, a company spokesman said, the ways Google can use individuals' medical data are regulated by federal law and by its agreements with healthcare providers. And he said that the health systems that Google works with, quote, own their own data, and that Google, quote, can only process it according to their instructions. In Rob's interview, Dr. Feinberg was sympathetic to people's privacy concerns. He said the company was mistaken to begin building such a large program, like the one they were doing with Ascension, outside of the public eye, saying, quote, we didn't know what we were doing. But one program that was publicly announced turns out to have had less privacy than previously understood a partnership Google has with one of the country's most prestigious health providers, the Mayo Clinic. Google and Mayo announced this in September, and they just sort of put out a press release that said, we're looking to improve health. Mayo, when they announced it, was very careful to say that it was using anonymized patient data. In other words, that Google wouldn't be able to see personal, identifiable patient details. But it turns out the deal explicitly allows Google to have access to Mayo's personally identifiable patient data. That's the big red line of health tech, personally identifiable patient data. And so what did Mayo say about that? What Mayo and Google say is that so far, no such data has been used. But there's a big difference between so far, no such data has been used and we will never use it in the future. Mayo and Intermountain say the deals they made with Google were structured to protect patient privacy and security. And Intermountain said its project with Google is not moving forward and that Google never received access to personally identifiable patient data. Mayo's chief information officer, Chris Ross, also said that Mayo has a, quote, moral obligation to pursue discovery and advance cures for people. And other healthcare providers echoed that. They think sharing healthcare data has the potential to improve outcomes. Dr. Feinberg at Google agrees. Dr. Feinberg actually said he considers every person who uses a Google Health product a personal patient of his. And he said something super interesting. He said, in the case of the search tool, that's the Guardian search tool, I asked him, listen, why don't you just give patients the choice? Just say, hey, I'd like to be a part of this or I would not. And he said, I can't give you the choice on that because I truly believe that this is a better way 
to treat you. And that would be equivalent to me giving you worse care. That would be equivalent to me as a doctor giving you the choice to do something harmful to yourself. So that's a really telling statement from him. That shows that Google really does believe that it's trying to help. And because of that, it's not going to give you a chance to opt out. Dr. Feinberg also told Rob that he recognizes that trusting Google with private information requires a leap of faith. Dr. Feinberg is the first one to say, I get it. He actually calls some of what his own division is doing, quote, scary stuff. He gets that it freaks people out. But he says, you just have to trust us. And he says the company's intentions in health are not connected with its advertising business. One of the first things out of Dr. Feinberg's mouth is, I'm not in this to make money. He told me a story a year ago I was interviewing for this job. And I met with Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt is a longtime Google CEO, a billionaire, a very influential guy at the company. And Dr. Feinberg says, Eric told me, don't worry about making money. This isn't a profit-seeking enterprise. Yes, Google is one of the world's most spectacularly profitable companies. But this is not part of that. Google's spokesman said the company is proud of its efforts in the field. He said the company is focused on using its expertise to, quote, boost access to quality care, free up providers' time so they can focus on patients, and expand the frontiers of medicine. But even if Google's health arm wasn't created to make money, there is still a lot of money at play, both for Google and for the partners it's trying to court. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Welcome back. Over the past few years, Google has been courting healthcare partners, partners that will allow Google to use patient health records to train its algorithms and build software. But Google hasn't always had success bringing partners on board, like with one company called Cerner. Cerner is a company that not a lot of people have heard of, but it's one of the most powerful companies in health tech. And Cerner has about 250 million patient records in the U.S. alone. This is the treasure trove of health data. Roughly a year ago, Cerner started looking for someone to host this data and was talking to a number of big tech companies, Google, IBM, Amazon. Cerner would store this data in one of those companies' clouds 
and the company would be able to use some Cerner data to build software products. So the Cerner folks we spoke to start to notice Google is being a lot more aggressive than its competitors. Google is offering them a way better deal than everyone else. Google sends in Eric Schmidt, its former CEO, to make the pitch himself. This isn't something he does very often. And they tell Cerner, we're willing to give you around $250 million in discounts and incentives just to get this deal, just to get you to move these 250 million health records from Cerner servers onto Google servers. Despite major discounts from Google, Cerner wouldn't agree to the possible partnership. Sources said that when Cerner executives asked Google how its data would be used, Google was vague on the specifics. Cerner ended up going with Google's biggest competitor in cloud, Amazon. And this is a deal in which Cerner actually pays more for this functionally the same service because they trusted Amazon more than Google. The Cerner folks we spoke to said that at the end of the day, Cerner just couldn't figure out the Google business model. They just couldn't figure out why Google wanted this so badly. I mean, it seems like Cerner can see a threat from Google. Google's trying to build a better health record system. It's like Google going after travel, going after job listings. You know, Google is going after health records. And so they very much have a reason to be like, wait a minute, you don't want to partner with us. You're coming for us. Exactly. Google is so good at what it does that it can generally pour a huge amount of resources and become a competitor very fast. So companies like Cerner see Google as potentially an existential threat. But even if there are healthcare companies that might not want to partner with Google over business or privacy concerns, Google is still trying to find new partners. It's still going on right now. After our story on Ascension, Google went out and pitched this company called Epic. Epic is similar to Cerner. It's a big repository of health records. And Google said, hey, we'd love to be in business with you. And the Epic CEO responded and said, hey, tell me a little bit about what do you really want to do? And Google wouldn't tell her many specifics. So she turned down the meeting. So it's the same thing that happened with Cerner before. It's repeating right in front of our eyes. What does Epic's decision to not work with Google say to you? It says to me that Google has a bigger problem here than simply, will this program work or not? Google needs to be trusted by patients and by doctors and by others in the healthcare space. And they have a huge trust problem right now. And this is a bigger issue in Silicon Valley writ large, too. These companies are not used to being the big bad wolf. And I think that's a big transition for Google to make. And it's a sign of their own success, frankly. But it might require acting a little differently. That's all for today, Friday, January 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. We are your hosts, Kate Leinbaugh and Ryan Knudsen. Special thanks to Dana Mattioli, Melanie Evans, and Jim Oberman for their additional reporting in today's episode. We're produced by Annie Minoff, Ricky Nevetsky, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, and Rob Zipko. Our senior producer is Pia Gadkari. 
Annie Rose Strasser is our supervising producer. Griffin Tanner is our engineer. Our executive producer is Gerard Cole. Our theme music is by Haley Shaw. Additional music this week from Marcus Begala, Bobby Lord, Peter Leonard, Haley Shaw, Billy Libby, and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks this week to Andrew Helms and Peter Leonard. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.